On Halftime, the world game with Carlos Alberto Diego from Fordiegos.com. For auction your car, car auction this Saturday. Yeah, all we want him to do is satisfy us. And he does it every single week. Carlos, good afternoon. How are you there, Half? And uh, also... uh in in the in the in what in the mould of Saudi Gazi, did you say? Yes. Uh, I was big buttocked. <laughs> I was a big buttocked. Well, buttocked. Yes. Uh, to give you an idea of my uh, my body type <laughs> when I was playing, I, I've actually slimmed down. <laughs> You've actually trimmed down. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Anyway, um, by the way, Very good. I'd like to dedicate this one hour. Yes. As I said in a Facebook um, message on the weekend after your fine win yes. in uh, in your game, of yes. course, Skevies, Skevies Old Collegians. My Scobbers. That's right. Uh, you came back from the dead to win that. We and did. for me, you are the special one. <laughs> you are the new special one because Jose is the, the, the sort of the... You know, the gloss of uh, Jose Mourinho is going over there at the UK. We need a new special one. You are the new special one. And uh, <laughs> on Mad Monday, I noticed that you sort of didn't get dressed up or anything like that for, you know, your team celebrations. Special one doesn't do that. Well, the thing is, I think uh, we should maybe get a little bit of a hot topic going. Uh, what should have half worn if he was going to go as Jose Mourinho on Monday? What does he wear? Something with a big head, anyway. I think that's what you need, but right. uh, there you go. Right, the lines are always open for that sort of stuff. <laughs> All those shenanigans sort of activities are welcome here on Halftime anytime. Nine four two nine eleven at 16. Now, we've, we've started the show with a very, very positive spin, but I've got to mm. tell you, Carlos, the news of the night last night when I was just flicking through and I was out of the meeting last night and came back and I, my Twitter feed was talking about Archie being injured and I thought, what yeah. the hell's happened here? Don't tell me. Don't tell me, Carlos. What's happened? And it was in the la- dying seconds of the game too, Half. It was... Uh, you know, uh, they they brought him on. I was surprised actually they brought him on. I'm not, and by the way, I'm not at all blaming the coaching staff. They've got to give him uh, game time. They've got to give him minute, minutes. Of course, they're probably going to play him off the bench a lot this year. Uh, they probably, uh, you know, have uh, uh, got a you know a, a training program that's very different from everyone else. Given that he's going to be 37, you know, within the next couple of months. So yep. uh, I think uh, that was probably all just to get a few minutes into his uh, into his legs. He did very well when he came on. He was wreaking havoc straight away. Earned a penalty, and it was just sort of you know, it, it looked it looked pretty ordinary. The tackle from. Uh, Michael Moroni, but you know, if you look at it on on a replay, he actually slipped. A lot of players were slipping last night. It was, it was a very wet surface, and uh, and he's just his leg just went it gave way. And uh, and you know, I know we're waiting for the news and all that sort of stuff, but uh, it looked really bad on TV. And uh, and I, that's the other thing I want to. I mean, how many times you have to re- replay something like that too? I'm, uh, Archie's family would have been watching it. A lot of his friends would have been watching it. I think once is enough. And uh, but they kept on going over and over to just make us all, you know, sort of cringe a few more times. But uh, it was awful. Uh, but it was good to hear that, uh, or good to see that he tweeted out on social media today that uh, he'll be back bigger and better, which is fantastic. Yep. Um, maybe you know once he's, you know, if by the way the diagnosis hasn't come through, I'm, I'm sort of thinking the worst at the moment. Uh, 
and the way that the knee buckled, you'd think that, you know, that uh, it would most probably be an ACL of some sort or a full reconstruction of some sort. So um, I'm really hoping that, uh, you know, if uh, he, he wants to go ahead, he's still got that yard of pace. He's still got the smarts. Um, you know, if he still feels like he wants to keep on going, he should go, keep on going. You know, who's, who's to retire you at, at 37? You might as well keep on going if you want to and you've got it in you. Well, that's that's right. If it's as bad as it first seemed, mm. and, and that's obviously we're thinking of the worst at the moment, hopefully that's not the case. And Kevin Muscat was saying last night he'll err on the side of being positive. Hopefully we can have a good outcome. Uh, ended up saying hopefully again yeah. after that. Now, my understanding is that they're still waiting, waiting for uh, assessment. On, on the issue with Archie Thompson. So there's no diagnosis as yet from what I know. There may have been an update that I haven't heard of since. But uh, that is a big blow for... Yeah, for There was a decision mm. to be made by the victory at the end of last season, wasn't there? Because a 10-year player, 10-year anniversary, got him through. What to do with Archie was pretty much the, the biggest issue Melbourne victory had to face all year last year. What do we do with Archie? Because everyone yeah. loves him. He's been this foundation player. We're still playing good minutes when he came on as that, as that sub, mm. that replacement player. And they sign him for the extra year, and this happens. And it's, you just don't want to see this happen to a, a favourite son of the footy club. Yeah, and it wouldn't it wouldn't have been an issue uh, other than the wages because he's been on you know big money since day one almost. He's been their marquee player, yep. uh, irrespective of who's come and gone. He's been in name and in position the marquee player of the club, so he's been paid really really well by the club. And to carry that on for another year when he may not be a first eleven player, but still coming on and doing a job for you, that was the issue. Uh, how do we balance it with the salary cap and all the other, you know, all the other imperatives you've got as far as, um, you know, who you're going to recruit in, the quality you're going to come in, Mark Milligan going, Ollie Bazanic coming in, and all that sort of stuff. Uh, but then uh, with the uh, A League, uh, uh, sorry, with uh, the FFA coming through and in the A League uh, allowing having an extra allowance for players who have been there for a while, and you can fling them a bit more money. I think that's the reason why they were able to keep him in the end. So, uh, and you should. Moving last night, I mean, uh, Kevin Muscat's done a really great job with him as far as, you know, obviously looking after him during the preseason, picking him at the right time. He probably wasn't at the point where he's peaked anyway. He might be five or six weeks into the into the season. Yep. Uh, he's going to be dynamite coming off the bench. And if you saw, if you watched the game last night at all, they were dynamite. Absolutely electrifying that uh, Melbourne victory, victory team. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, their front third, the, their movement, their hunger. Uh, Oli Bazzani, people are worried about losing Mark Milligan. Uh, and Mark Milligan was a terrific player. We'll never, ever devalue Mark Milligan's uh, qualities. But uh, Oli Bazanich is going to be terrific. And it's almost like for like uh, with what he brings to the table. And the hunger that's in that team. Uh, you know, I know we're only two weeks away from the start of the season. But uh, they're, they're prime. They're ready. And Adelaide looked pedestrian at times last night. And that's a team that plays the best football in the league, I believe, Adelaide United. So, yeah, Melbourne victory. You've got to be excited about what they're about to deliver, I reckon. So 3-1 over Adelaide last night in the quarterfinal of FFA Cup. Uh, but the injury to Archie soured everything from, from their point of view. Who's coaching Adelaide, by the way, these days? Uh, Guillermo Amor. He's a, he's a Barcelona legend. He actually played some great Barcelona sides. Uh, but it's un- un- unbelievable. He was there as a, as a technical director uh, under Joseph Gombau. Yeah. And... Uh, I mean, the 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 uh, uh, pedigree this guy's this guy's got in football is unbelievable. In Spain, he's a legend in Spain, and he's here as a technical director in Adelaide. And suddenly, uh, Gombau goes because he, for family reasons, he's had to go to New York for some reason and set up some sort of an academy. But uh, Amor's come in and uh, now taken over. Uh, but this Adelaide side, 
they just look like they they uh, dwell on the ball a little bit too much. Uh, they were dynamite last year, and, and over the years under Gombau, uh, their possession game, but their, their positive movement with the ball and taking people on and triangles all over the field, the mobility in the side, the hunger, and also the physicality they can bring to the game. Uh, the whole package was fantastic, but they looked very second to everything last night, and they looked out of ideas, and they, they only had plan A. Uh, they wanted to play out the back all the time, and Melbourne victory just absolutely suffocated them. And it's we haven't even started the season yet, and they're struggling with that. So I don't know. You might have a a little bit of a challenge on his hands, uh, Mr. Amore, or with with the side at the moment. All right, well, let's get the Peter on the road, who's giving us a call nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Good day, Pete. Good guys. How are you going? Good thanks. Good mate. Two uh, half. Um, now, if you want to be Jose Mourinho, I think you're going to need a luxurious head of hair for that bald font. <laughs> and and uh, maybe a snug smile. A yeah. smug smile. Uh, well, the, the hair's going to be an issue. <laughs> the hair's going to be an issue. Surely there's a rug out there somewhere I can uh, glue on for a day, Carlos, if we can get, get down to that. Uh, look, the special one can be anything. You don't have to have the head of hair. <laughs> You've got to have the head of oh, hair. Oh, well. You've yeah. got to. Thank you, Pete. I'll look into that uh, for the next one. Start on the line. Getting involved earlier, I like that. Elmore Oil Pack coming your way. Two-month supply of life space, broad-spectrum probiotics as well. We'll get to a break, Carlos. Uh, there's plenty more to talk about. We've got the, um, the other game in the FFA Cup mm. last night, which sees one of the local teams have a crack in the A-League team in the semis. A lot of love for my man, Theo Markellis. We'll talk about him after the break. He's my man, by the way. I've jumped on. <laughs> I've absolutely jumped on Theo's wagon. Uh, and we'll talk about that. The Socceroos have announced their squad for the next round of qualifiers. And a bit of Tommy Rogic discussion as well with you and I. And, of course, all our calls, 9429-1116 is the open line if you want to have a chat about the world game or the situation of play of the FFA Cup or with Archie. And what do you think this might mean? Or the Socceroos, as we talk about them later on through the afternoon. You're welcome to do so. Give us a call, 9429-1116 with Carlos. 24 past one, Carlos Alberto Diego with us on a Wednesday afternoon on half time. We've got plenty to talk about with all the goings on in world football at the moment, Carlos. And we're focusing at the moment on the FFA Cup, of course, the... Disaster for Archie and Melbourne victory mm. last night with his injury, which hasn't been diagnosed as yet, or certainly that information released to the public as yet. 3-1, the victory over Adelaide United. And I believe um, the Guy, oh. the, the Mr. Finkler, had a moment, did he, last we night? We had a moment of world-class last night. So that, the free kick. And you can have any wall. You can have a Real Madrid wall. You can have a Manchester United wall. You can have a Liverpool wall. Bayern Munich wall. Yeah. You can have the baby giraffes from Bayern Munich in that wall. And he would have hit top corner where the spiders live, like he did last night. <laughs> where the spiders live. I tell you, that like was that. as good a free kick as you'll see anywhere in the world. And uh, and it, and then he tried, you know, it's amazing the uh, the confidence he's got. He had a free kick from almost the identical spot just before half time, yeah. and he went the other way. And Galekovic in goal was just way. bamboozled completely, you know, confused about which way he was going to go. So I think uh, we've got our, our new... Well, it, it did take a couple of great free kicks last year, but I think last night's free kick and goal, that first one, was the best one I've seen him take since he's been in Australia. So uh, And he looks he looks a better player too. I think uh, there's not one player in that victory side that doesn't do the work without the ball. Uh, they, they're all pressing, and they're sort of really... Uh, they're like maniacs with the pressing too. Yeah. They're just crazy with it. They're ben Calfalao's Played, uh, you know, had a long career in football. He's chasing things down. We've got Barisha chasing things down. You've got Guy Finkler chasing things down. And in behind, you've got Valeri and you've got uh, Oli Bazanic. If I can throw it out there to the listeners, if you're a victory fan, are you excited about this team? Is it better than what the, the lineup was last year? And that's uh, with Milligan gone sure. and Bazanic in. I'm just throwing it out there. Let's speculate. 
You don't have to put the house on it. Let's speculate whether this team, the way they, what we saw last night, what we've seen through the preseason so far, is it better or is it going to be better than what uh, victory, the double-winning victory did last year? Right, oh, that challenge is out there to our listeners, 949 Um I want to talk about my man, Theo. Uh, Theo Markellis, uh, two goals yes. last night for Hume City over Oakley Cannons in the other quarterfinal of the FFA Cup. In front of about 1,500 faithful at uh, ABD Stadium, my man, Theo, got the job done. 17 minutes just to equalise, and then the 84th minute to equalise again. Like, when the, when the pressure's on, yeah. he sends it into overtime. He makes it happen, Theo. This kid, uh, the backstory here, half. Is there a backstory? He's not. He's not a kid actually anymore. But we, I still look at him as a kid because when he was fifteen, he was one of the really, really great juniors in world football. And uh, and for his age, he was picked picked up by Valencia in Spain. Was he? It, it's unheard of for an Australian kid to be picked up and he played regular youth team football over there and scored fifteen goals a season. So he was banging him in, and no doubt, I don't have how many games he played in the first team or whether he was on the in the squad for the first team. But you think if you're banging in 15 goals in La Liga youth team, yep. that you'd be in on the radar for the first team. Uh, so he would have been pretty close there. Uh, he spent three years there. Not sure what happened, but ended up, ended up going to Serie B in Italy and played with Vicenza, Vicenza there. And again, I'm not sure how many senior games he got there. But this kid has had all the potential in the world. And I think Ange Postacoglu saw that and brought him back when he took over at victory. Gave him a go, didn't take his chance. Yep. And now, obviously, he's playing at Hume. And we're hoping it's not just for fun these days, and he's still got a, an eye for the future. He's only 23. Okay. And the way he took his goals last night were unbelievable. And he's just a powerhouse. He's, he's fantastic, low centre of gravity. He can turn. He can dribble at people. Uh, but for some reason, there's a block there where he hasn't been able to go the next step. I'm not sure whether it's an attitude thing or whether it's uh, whether it's just, you know, maybe he was just a big, strong body as a 15-year-old. Everyone's caught up to him. I'm not sure what it is, but I'm really, really hoping that uh, this could be something that puts him in the shop window again. They're in the semi-final now of the FFA Cup. Who knows? They might be playing Heidelberg next week, which could put them in the final if they beat Heidelberg. Suddenly, Theo Markellis, you know, shop window football for everyone to see. It might give him a, just another chance. Everyone loves a shop window footballer. Oh, yeah. Everyone loves Absolutely. a shop window footballer. And my man Theo could be just <laughs> that man. Well done to them. I sent it to extra time. And the young Schroen, um, yeah. who uh, somebody was talking about, Marcus Schroen was talking about him as the next A-League younger. Uh, he, was, he scored the winner at the 118-minute mark. Yeah, well, he, for him. He loves the FFA, FFA Cup. He loves the romance because I think he scored in the last five games of the, uh, or something Does like he? that. I think he scored in every round of the FFA Cup. I could be wrong out there, all our human fans, but let's let's pump Don't it up really anyway. The truth. But he does score. Uh, he does score quite regularly in this competition. And he got it right at the uh, the dying seconds last night too, just a toe poke after a, a bit of a messed up save by the keeper. But the, the, the conditions last night, it was just a gale blowing. There was rain. It was just. It was really like. You know, if you look at some of the you know slosh that you have to play in the cold weather you have to play over in Europe, that was what it was like last night. So, but the ground looked fantastic for a you know a, you know a, a first division or an NPL ground. Um, and, uh, and by the way, very very well called by a friend of ours, a good friend of ours, Francis Leach, with Sasha Ogonoski there with Fox Sports. So uh, it was you know if you talk about the romance of the game, as much as you love the victory in the Adelaide game, I think the romance was there, the Oakley and Hume game, and uh, again Hume coming back from the dead to win it. Uh, great effort by Hume City 3-2 over Oakley in extra time there. Nixon Bentley wants to talk about the FFA Cup. G'day, Nick. G'day, boys. Half, Charles. I had an absolute fantastic time last night. I'm an Oakley fan, 
and I went to the ground soaking wet. Pitch was fantastic. The game, I couldn't get my eyes off the game. It was really, really top class. The atmosphere was fantastic. The Hume fans were well behaved. Uh, look, it was the FFA Cup is just unbelievable, really. It's, I, I'm a big footy fan, mad Richmond supporter, but geez, this, this soccer has really taken off. Nick, uh, you say you're an Oakley fan. I, was, I happened to be there at their facility, uh, there in uh, Jack Edwards Reserve in Oakley on the weekend watching some games, and that's an, a magnificent facility for an MPL team, and I saw what Hume City have been able to develop last night. You know, I feel that the FFA Cup and this uh, bridging of the of the A-League and the rest of the leagues now by the FFA are actually now giving some real incentive to some of these other clubs uh, in, in the NPL and maybe lower to start investing in their facilities and building a real something to be proud of. Mm. And uh, the Oakley facility is fantastic that I saw the other day. And, uh, and again, the Hume game last night was terrific too. Uh, Nick, are you still there? Yeah, I am. Yeah, no, do you think it does? Uh, it does actually offer a bit of incentive for for clubs like Oakley to invest further. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. We, we we were talking about that the other day. You know, I mean, a few more things to be done around the ground. The surfaces are great. The food's fantastic. Like you know, you can get the, <laughs> the best of lucky in town. No matter whichever ground you go to, any local, they just have this meat going, and it's just beautiful. I mean, it's I can't speak highly of, and it's. Cheap to get in, and you know the atmosphere is great. They had the drums going last. Were you there last night, Carlos? No, no, I, I was actually watching it on TV last night. But it, you really got a sense of the atmosphere. Well, oh. it was pouring rain. Well, drizzling. The wind. The 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 the, the actual the playing surface was magnificent. The the players were great. You know, we had Fashini. We had uh, a few boys that have played. You know, um, Sean Rooney's another boy who uh, played in the cell and uh, Pavlovich. Pal- you know, yeah, good players. Uh, the good players running around, you know, and uh, no, look, look, full marks last night. It was just I had one of the best nights and a cold night, but it was one of the best nights I've ever had. Well, it was a great effort by your boys to get that far, and the FFA Cup, the Oakley Cannons went down in the end, but uh, a nice fight. And as you say, Carlos, a great incentive for clubs, and we saw this with Bentley last year and their run mm. to to develop and, and invest in their club because the opportunities with the FFA Cup now are significant. Yeah, and they went on to win, uh, which surprised me. Sometimes you can have your big year, and then you if you remember Bentley Greens going into the latter stages of the FFA Cup, they were losing players. They were actually players were going overseas, players were changing clubs. I mean, what happens is you perform well and you go to your next, uh, you know, your better option because you know there's not a, there's not a lot of money at that level, so you go yeah. and get the best contracts possible. So the turnover of players at that level is is quite big. But to see Bentley Greens go on and win the grand final of the MPL um, just a couple of weeks ago, it means that they've tried to keep the side together. That you know John Anders says he is the coach is still there, and obviously they're investing and they're trying to build something. And I think that that what now and I think the FFA Cup has got a lot to do with. I've I've spoken to a number of people who are coaching at the lower levels. And, you know, they, 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 they dream of that fantasy run in the FFA Cup, getting to the quarterfinals and semifinals. We see what Heidelberg's doing next week, you know, bringing our yep. man, Costa uh, Katsarunas, 
Um, yes, he our should be, man. Yeah, he should be actually coming in any time now uh, for one night only next Tuesday night. <laughs> uh, they're bringing a Greek international in, and that should fill the whole Heidelberg village there, the Olympic village there at Heidelberg against Melbourne City. And, you know, it's a banana skin for Melbourne City. Heidelberg has got, got some really good players playing for them, and, uh, and they've got a bit of momentum in. Uh, happening. So if they're not Melbourne City, don't rock up with the with the right attitude. They could lose next Tuesday. Yeah, it's very very exciting times uh, for the clubs that are still involved this deep into the FFA Cup. We'll get to a break, Carlos. After that, we'll talk a bit of um, Socceroo squad uh, for the next round of qualifiers. Some feedback coming through in footy. Warren Treadray, the champ from Port Adelaide, these days working with Channel Nine in Adelaide, has just tweeted that Patrick Dangerfield has told teammates that he'll be leaving Adelaide today. He's just told teammates, and Hawthorne just telling us off Twitter as well. Jack Gunston has been ruled out of Friday night's prelim against the Dockers. So a bit more footy news floating around today, 25 to 2. The World Football will be coming up after the break again with Carlos. Stick around, get involved, 9.49, Carlos Alberto Diego is with us talking the world game on halftime. Don't forget the boys tonight from 11 till midnight. So back together, the band is together again for another hour of chat. Before we get back to Carlos, Brett Thomas has jumped into the studio again. Must be busy day for you in the uh, Sports Central room there, BT. It is half and more coming up after you with it too as well. But uh, news through from Adelaide, the news that we were expecting. Patrick Dangerfield has informed the Adelaide Football Club that he wishes to exercise his rights under the AFL's free agency rules to return home to Victoria. Crows Chief Executive Andrew Fagan says, whilst disappointing, we understand that Patrick's decision has been made for personal reasons. We'll now consider our options. However, our members and supporters should be rest assured that in doing so, we will make decisions and take action that is in the best interests of our football club. So no mention of Geelong in that statement. And of course, there has been some talk that perhaps they would match the free agency offer to Patrick Dangerfield. Six years, 800 grand a year, according uh, to the age, and maybe force them into a trade. Okay, but he does say the best interest of our actions in the best interest of our footy club there. Yes, maybe an indicator as to what is to come. We might challenge that, might to match that offer and see what Geelong want to play with. Also, I spoke to Melbourne Victory uh, about five, ten minutes ago just to get an update on Archie Thompson. Yes. And uh, no results yet from their scans. Obviously, they're, well, a lot of people are fearing the worst, but he did tweet today that he's determined to come back bigger and better than ever. Obviously, he's overcome an Rico before from the other knee, the left one. Yep. Last night was his right knee, so hopefully we see him back. All right, well, uh, we'll find out that news soon as we can. I'm just sniffing around myself and... What I'm hearing it might not be fantastic, but I'll get that confirmed before we, we go with that, BT. Cool. Good on you, buddy. Thanks, Harf. Brett Thomas Carlos. with the latest from Trade Central here on Halftime. Carlos is with us, and Adrian Lower Templestowe is on the line, Carlos, and we'll uh, head back to him first up. G'day, Adrian. Yeah, g'day, guys. Uh, just a couple of quick questions. Um, once the quarterfinals are over, do they actually uh, just call the clubs out of, a, out of a pot for the semifinals? And uh, the ruling for overseas international players to play in the Cup, how does that work? Well, obviously, uh, there's freedom to, to do so because, uh, you know, uh, Heidelberg are, are recruiting uh, the uh, former Greek international Costa Katsarounis uh, for next uh, Tuesday. And uh, and it sounds like he's only going to be playing the one game. And they, there is talk that if they do get through the next round, they, they might be able to keep him for a bit longer, and, you know, playing the, in the semis or even playing the final, maybe. Uh, but uh, obviously they're, they're pretty relaxed rules in that respect. I'm not sure. I suppose the A-League clubs have got to go with their with the rules uh, that are relevant to their squad. You know, how many visa players, how many marquee players and all that sort of stuff. But it looks like it's uh, pretty relaxed at the lower levels. Uh, the other thing too, just off the SMS, uh, someone's asking whether the uh, FFA Cup winners 
uh, if say Hume go on and win it, whether they can play in the Asian Champions League the follow, you know, in the following year. The uh, FFA apparently are, uh, are lobbying the Asian uh, Confederation at the moment to see if that can happen. So right. wow, what a what a uh, reward for a team like Hume or Heidelberg if they get through. Uh, if they uh, can win that FFA Cup, playing in Asia. It's game changing. Yeah, absolutely. Life changing. Absolutely. Then, then there's more investment. There's more yeah. professionalism at that level, and it just breeds more and more as you go down. So, speaking of international football, Carlos, uh, the Socceroos squad was announced today. Ange Postecoglou had another crack at the Socceroos squad. What did he come up with? Yeah, what I'm really liking at the moment is that you know, I don't know we we were saying it from day one, weren't we, half? There was a real future under Ange. We were getting bagged a bit early on when he, when the results weren't great, and even after the World Cup, where we you know we came away with no no wins, but we saw some qualities there that we liked. Uh, but uh, the following six months, uh, we were getting hammered when we were suggesting that you know it doesn't really matter what happens now; it matters what happens in the Asian Cup. We'll judge them there, and that's yep. when. And and people saying, "Well, where are we going to get this golden generation from?" They're nowhere near the you know the mob that we had in two thousand and five, two thousand and six, and and all those great players. But what we what they're developing here right now is a, is a fantastic depth of players who are slowly. You know, uh, forging their way over in, in in decent careers over in in overseas, and you know we'll talk about Tommy Rogic in a minute. But even um, um, the uh, Le- Matthew Lecky in Germany at the moment, you know his team Ingolstadt is is fifth on, in in the league, and he's playing ninety minute games over there. Like he's playing full games for a team that's fifth in the Bundesliga. Um, and, and and we talk about some younger players who are who are. You know, going to blossom at some stage. We've got some players playing Holland at the moment. So, what I like about the squad at the moment, whoever he brings in, there doesn't seem to be any weak link. They're, they're playing, most of them are playing regularly overseas. I mean, the, the latest has been a, a guy called James Meredith. Yep. This guy's a 27 year old that many people don't know anything about. Left Australia when he was about 15, 16, got picked up, went over and played over in uh, for Derby County. Uh, they, they somehow they ID'd him in Australia and, and he's gone. I don't, can't remember Derby County ever touring Australia. They've got a great network in yeah. here. A great <laughs> network. So he's gone over there and played. And he's basically played as a, as a professional, as a 15, 16-year-old in the lower leagues there, gone from club to club. He was at York City for a while. He's currently at Bradford City. 27-year-old, but he's forged a really great career over there. And uh, and then just kept an eye on him. And uh, more recently, he's been playing well. Scored on the weekend as a left fullback. And, uh, he likes scoring yeah. fullbacks. Sorry, we like scoring fullbacks. Absolutely, anyone coming from behind and scoring is fantastic. Magnificent. Yeah, and uh, and anyway, he uh, he's a guy that they're going to give a go to, and they're looking for some depth in all, in both the fullback positions. I noticed that uh, Beach uh, has not been picked uh, with this one here, uh, as is Beach, and uh, Jason Davidson is in the team. Uh, he's playing quite regularly with uh, Huddersfield at the moment. They won four one on the weekend. He played a full game in the championship, so. Uh, it's starting to grow, and I, I really like the feel of it. Whoever comes in, uh, they're coming into a culture. They're coming into an environment where they'll soon work out whether they're going to add value to the environment or not. Mm. Someone like a Luke Bratton, for example, he hasn't got a club at the moment. He's left Brisbane Raw, and uh, he had to take him to the tribunal. They weren't paying his super, so he's uh, been able to be released uh, because of the breach of contract. And uh, and he he was brought into the into the camp uh, quite late due to an injury the last time they were in camp. And he must have trained the house down because they've actually picked him again. He's got no club. Yeah. So obviously they're picking players who can who are good players but can add value to the squad. And that's what Ange has got this pool of players 
who are being nurtured under this same environment, this same climate, uh, and uh, that's what excites me the most. We'll go through the squad after the break. Stick around, Carlos Alberto Diego with us. Carlos with us. We'll go through the squad for the Socceroos. Andrew Postacoglu is announced for the game against Jordan. Uh, the squad to face Jordan going from the goalkeepers. Four goalkeepers. Sisak, Federici, sorry, three. Eugene Galikovic. Uh, defenders, Sainsbury, Davidson, Elric, McGowan, Spiranovic, Wilkinson, Wright and Meredith. The new boy, James Meredith from Bradford City. And the midfield brigade of Luongo, Mackay, Milligan, Moy, Rogic, Bratton and Troisi. And the forward pack of Burns, Kale, Lecky, or and Tommy Urich. He mentioned uh, Tommy Rogic before. Carlos. Yes. What's Tommy been up to? Tommy Rogic. <laughs> Is that <laughs> it's hush, hush tones? Hush tones. That sounds uh, like uh, hush tones. I'm going to lift the lid. I'm going to say it. Tommy Rogic. Tommy gonna Rogic. I'm going to lift the lid. The guy. Not, get on the Google right now. Get, get on, on the Google, Google. The Google right now. I'm getting on the Google. And Google Tommy Rogic's, Rogic's Tommy Rogic's goal. <laughs> against uh, Dundee FC on the weekend. It was a 6-0 shellacking, but he, he scored one and made one. And he was given man of the match by some pretty hard taskmasters in, the, in some of those uh, English journos. Uh, and they, you know, every paper was saying how outstanding he was, man of the match uh, in many of them. And, uh, and just a nonchalant volley and just, goes, just spins around and doesn't make a big deal about the celebration. But he's now scoring well, when for you're Celtic. No, no, he scored early. Oh, it was early right, on. Okay. He set the scene. He set the scene. He set the scene. A huh? scene setter. Yeah, he was a scene setter. Tommy Rogic. Yeah, Tommy Rogic. <laughs> scene so, setter. Yeah, that's right, scene setter. Uh, so I'm going to lift the lid because I think uh, it's it's okay to start talking about this kid being something special. And I know he was injured for a long time. He's got, well, I think his groins are starting to get a little bit more, uh, I don't know, resilient. Mm. Resilient groins are good half. Resilient. And I think uh, he's starting to get those <laughs> in Scotland. And... Uh, and they love him. And for him to be given a go ahead of some pretty handy footballers there in the Celtic squad uh, is great. And the coach is right behind him. So that, that's terrific. And if he's there doing what he's doing, he'll uh, certainly uh, attract the eye of some bigger clubs around Europe. Uh, if not England, there might be someone in Spain or in Germany that might be interested in him. Oh, I just had a look at it. It's certainly nonchalant. Yeah, Little, absolutely. No fuss or fanfare. Yeah. Just this is what I do. Yeah. I'll just put that in the back of the yeah. net. No worries. And uh, if you look at the 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 assist he gave yes, to nice one of his assist. teammates, he actually rode a tackle. And I, you know, probably in, in past years he would have gone down clutching at something, but he rode a tackle uh, and uh, kept on his feet. Split and, two uh, defenders. Absolutely. He just uh, the guy's class. He's got a bit of everything. And he, and obviously, it, being out of the game so much over the last you know, eighteen months or so, it's probably toughened him up even more psychologically. And uh, he wants to play. He's happy playing, and uh, he's got a bit of hunger about him too. Well, speaking of hunger, uh, there's a team in the Barclays Premier League table at the moment that are very, very hungry. Now you've got a rule that you don't. Yeah. You know to talk about the ladder, the no. positions on the table. I don't even look at it before, before Christmas. Christmas. No. But with the fact that your boys West Ham <laughs> yep. are just three points off the top spot, are Absolutely. you looking at the moment, Carlos? Yeah, yeah, I'm looking probably five or six times a day now. <laughs> <laughs> See if it changes. But uh, West Ham are third. Uh, now, people who love their English football, this is a ladder. Man City's on top. Okay, we expect that. Man U's up there. Well, we sort of expect that. West Ham are third, right? That, that's unheard of. Leicester City is fourth. What the hell's happening? I know, something's going wrong. And if you just go down a little bit more, uh, around about seventh is Swansea. Okay, they've been an honest team over the last couple of years. But then Crystal Palace, a team, you know, perennially uh, fighting against relegation. They're in the top ten. What for the tenth, for goodness sake? What is going on with English football? But I love it. 
uh, especially when a team like Man City can lose at home to my team, West Ham. It gives you a little bit of hope, a little bit more interest. What about the cherries, mate? We're flying. Yep. Mighty cherries. We're hot. And by the Big way, win on the weekend. Adam Frederici overnight uh, for uh, Bournemouth saved three penalties in the penalty shootout in the ultimate kissing your sister Capital Cup. Uh, they beat, um, who they beat? Bradford City, I think they beat. Go the Mighty Cherries is what we're saying. So they're going to the next round.